The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. He says, McDermott does, his team is very businesslike right now. They didn't want the radio on. He offered them the radio. They didn't want it. They are eating, eating sandwiches, although a couple have complained to me that there's too much peanut butter on the sandwiches. It's like 70-30 with the jelly, so they're not enjoying those as much. All right, let's establish a couple of things off top, Michael. All right? Uh, uh, there is no such thing <laughs> as too much peanut butter. That's number one. That's where you're wrong. Number two. That's where you're wrong, but keep going. Number two. All right, you can, you can tell me in a second. Um, you, can, you, can, I'll, I'll, you, can, you can retort. I will allow you to retort to all of this momentarily. Okay. In my opinion, let me, let me rephrase it. In my opinion, and I don't think it's an opinion, I think it's a fact, but in my opinion, there is no such thing as too much peanut butter. Secondly, okay. smooth or creamy peanut butter is for dogs, mousetraps, and savages. All right? Third, when it comes to jelly... It's always strawberry, preferably strawberry preserves. I'll settle for grape. Crunchy peanut butter is the only way to go, my friend. The, and the crunchier, the better. See, extra crunchy. And give me all the peanut butter and enough strawberry that is falling off the bread. So I look at people that eat creamy peanut butter the same way I look at people that put sugar on their grits. I look at you sideways. Listen, if you want me to never come to your home again, serve some peanut butter and jelly for anything. I'm not talking about for the main, I'm not talking about for dinner. I'm not just talking about for lunch. For any occasion, serve peanut butter and jelly, and that is your way of profanely greeting me. That is your way of saying, look, I, I, I didn't have the heart to disinvite you so I'm going to hope that you just walk away because I'm going to present you a platter of peanut butter and jelly. Maybe the most disgusting combination ever created. I think peanut butter is gross. Peanut butter in any form. As a matter of fact, I start to feel, I start to Man. feel some kind of way. Sorry, Dr. Nice. Carver. So sorry, Doc. Hey. Wherever I you feel, are. Oh, no. Doc Carver. Doc Carver, I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> I appreciate everything you did. And, and, and thank you, thank you a million times over for you and Booker T at Tuskegee. Thank you. But anyway, I'm talking about that use of, because Dr. Carver was creative enough. We had like thousands of uses for, for the peanut. What should Maybe be for peanut butter? Peanut butter. What's your problem with peanut Dr. butter? Dr. Carver. George Washington Carver didn't like peanut butter. <laughs> what's your, what's your issue with too. peanut butter? What did peanut butter do to you? This is nasty. It's nasty. I, just, I don't like it. I just don't. I like the consistency really? of it. It's the consistency. See, I got a question how you were raised. I got a question how you were raised. And this is no okay. insult. Well, you to, should. To, to, this is no insult you to your mother by any means. But I'm just like. I've already done that. We both come from. I've already questioned but we how both I was come raised. From, but we both come from humble beginnings. We come from. That's right. Syrup sandwiches. Ketchup sandwiches. Ooh. Sugar Ooh. sandwiches. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Air yeah. sandwiches. And you sitting up there turning up your nose. Private school got you all sedity like that. You turning up your nose at peanut butter that that I mean, yeah. I mean people survive on peanut butter and jelly. Like I don't, I don't know what you was getting. I don't know what Marilyn Holland was feeding you back in the day to where you had the nerve to fry bologna. Push away fry peanut bologna butter. Fry bologna. Fry okay. bologna sandwich. All right. Good stuff. All right. Agree but, you know, all the other stuff. Ketchup sandwiches, good. Now mayonnaise sandwich. I don't like mayonnaise. Mama gonna work I think it's it a consistency out. Mama thing. gonna work it out. Consistency. It's consistency. Right. I, it's all just right. something about it and that it, just okay. Turns right. me on. Well, uh, anyway, we'll hey, leave it there. Uh, hold on. Wait, wait, no, no, yeah. no, wait, wait. First of all, hey, you go just pretend like you've been here. Welcome back, man. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. I Welcome appreciate back. It. I appreciate it. Good to see. <laughs> you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's you feeling good. good? To see you too. It, it, I appreciate it. Okay. You feel good. You feel good. Or are you just saying that? What? It's good to see you. No, it's good to see you. No, 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 no. I'm saying good you're to see good you be seen. back, or you're just saying. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Good. Good to see and be seen. Um, All right. So, getting back to the game after the delay, the Buffalo Bills continue to eat at the expense of the Kansas <laughs> City Chiefs. Yeah. Yes. So, what a nightmare night for the Kansas City Chiefs and a dream for the Buffalo Bills. When we get to the end of this football season, we're going to look back on this night and we're going to say this is the night a lot of things changed in the AFC. Coach, did you, did you see this coming? Is there any way to see a team that's been so good, as good as you guys have been over a long period of time? Hit no rough stretch like this. Um, no, I mean I don't. I didn't see this coming, uh, and I uh, not tonight. This, this game tonight, I came in thinking we had a chance to win the game, and uh, we didn't handle ourselves the right way. And so um, that's my responsibility, and to get that get that right. And I, I look forward to when both sides of the ball play well together, because we could be a real good football team. Well, I think, um, you know, as it is your guys' job, I think this is going to be made a bigger deal than what it is. You know, we are in week five. Uh, last time I checked, you know, four wins doesn't get you into the playoffs. Um, we, we came into a hostile environment, played a really good team, um, ended up with a, with a win, and, you know, that's, that's our goal each and every week, and to come out here uh, and to be resilient through the lightning delays and, um, and a couple plays here or there. But, again, I'm proud of our team for, for how we handled the situation. Coming in, like I said, away games are, are never easy, no matter who you're playing. And each week it's a different different situation, uh, different matchup. Um, so you gotta, you got to go out there and execute a game plan. That's what we did today, and that's what we're going to have to continue to do. Safe to say that was a statement win for people in our business. Statement win for the Bills last night at Kansas City. But, Michael Holly, the question is, what did it say? Okay. Now I, I heard uh, Chris Collinsworth. Great, by the way, great game. Great game last night. Uh, even though it wasn't as close as I thought it was going to be, uh, it was it was very entertaining. You know, Bills Chiefs. We were looking forward to it. I heard what Collinsworth said. I disagree with Collinsworth that we'll be looking back on this and saying it represented 
whatever, this, this changing of the guard, something new in the AFC. And I, and I tend to agree with Josh Allen. Look, man, like Buffalo is, Buffalo is terrific. Lost that first game of the year to Pittsburgh at the crib. Since then, not have, not, not that they've won games. They've rolled everybody. They've rolled everybody. Like, oh, oh, y'all don't even know. Like, we mad. We mad. I, you know, I don't know. We may have, may have had a slip up against Pittsburgh. We mad at all, y'all. We mad at everybody. We mad at our, our Bills teams that lost four straight Super Bowls that Michael Smith still insists, you know, did something positive. You know how how hard it is to get yeah, to four straight Super Bowls? That. He says. He Good says. Memory. Anyway. Good memory. Uh, uh, look, this is what this is what it represents. So seriously, what it represents is that Buffalo now has gotten to a level that they weren't at last year. I don't know if that's championship, but in my opinion, Mike, they weren't ready for the AFC championship game last year. They looked overwhelmed. They lost their composure. They never played well. They didn't look. They didn't acquit themselves at all in the AFC championship game. In Kansas City. So now they return to Kansas City and it's almost as if they spent the offseason saying, wow, we, we didn't really know what level of competitiveness it takes to knock off the defending champions in their house. Oh, this is what it takes. We don't want to hear the radio. We don't want to talk about this. We want to go in on a mission and show what we can do. And that's what they've done. They now know what it takes. Question is, if these two meet again, does that translate? I'm not sure. I do know that Buffalo has the spirit, has the spirit of a championship team, has the spirit of somebody who can play on Kansas City level, Kansas City's level. Can they knock him off again? I don't know. This was a, um, this was an I, exorcism. This was an exorcism. Was to it? a degree? To a degree. It, it doesn't, you know, you lose a championship game. You can't make up for championship games that you lose. You right. can't make that up. Not in, the reg- not in the regular season. But what you can do is look at your mistake, your mistakes going in. You agree that they lost their composure last year. Like, they, they didn't look like, I, I was surprised. I was disappointed. I'm not even a Bills fan. I said, wow, that's, that's what you're bringing to the conference championship after a great regular season? I think they won 13 games last year after winning the AFC East for the first time in like 20 years, this is what you bring to your championship. It was kind of like a firework that didn't. Well, they can't fire. Off. You're saying you're saying a couple of things at once. All right. That that don't that aren't congruent. Okay. One like you can't. Okay. Let's hear it. saying let's hear. this is they, they learn what it takes and they you're, prove what it takes last night. That's not a that's not a playoff game voice. last night. So that's still technically not what it takes to win in Kansas City in the playoffs and they also can't exercise any demons in week five based on the playoffs because if they were to meet again by your logic, if they were to meet again, be it in Kansas City or more likely in Buffalo at this point, yeah. if Kansas City wins, yeah. then it didn't matter, which is what Josh Allen was talking about. Having said all that, Michael, I'm submitting myself to being a prisoner of the moment. I know this is a prisoner of the moment statement what I'm about to make, but so be it. Not only have the Bills reached the Chiefs level, they passed the Chiefs. 
and I'm wearing a t-shirt from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I'll quote Ferris by saying, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. All right. I say that to say this. This is a combination of how far the bills have come and how far the Chiefs appear to be falling. Chiefs are giving up 7.1 yards per play. And I know that's five games into the season, but if this holds up, that'd be the worst in NFL history by half a yard. The Chiefs have 11 turnovers. You know who else has 11 turnovers this year? The Jacksonville Jaguars, type of worst in the NFL. Right. Pat Mahomes has already matched last season's NFL, uh, interception total. All right? Not only have the Chiefs lost to the Bills at home in convincing fashion, they lost to the Chargers, and they lost to the Ravens. So what I'm saying right. is, Michael, that Chiefs kingdom looks like it looked like it was poised for a dynasty to have repeat trips okay. to the Super Bowl. We know they've been to back to back, right? Okay. The Bills right now right. have a complete right. team. The Bills are the team okay. that the Chiefs want to be. They got a quarterback. Okay. We saw an excellent fight. Tyson Fury, uh, Tyson Fury. At, wait, what? We saw Fury. Well, Wild, I, I'll, I'll get it back to you. We saw. I, I'll get it back to you. Hold on. Oh yeah, yeah. We saw Fury yeah, Wilder yeah, three yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Saturday go. night. Go deeper. You're going deep. Go deeper. The, the, the Bills have a quarterback. The Bills have a quarterback stop now. that can go blow for blow. That can go blow for blow, punch for punch with Patrick Mahomes. They don't take a back seat. The difference with the Chiefs and most teams is that quarterback. That difference doesn't exist against Buffalo. All right? That's one. Two, the Bills got the best offense and defense in the league right now. And I came in the last night skeptical, Michael. Maybe that's why I'm in a prisoner moment because I was like, yeah, they shut out Miami. You know, they shut out Houston. They beat Washington. It's like, all right. Bruh. They look like they got it all. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are struggling right now. Their offensive line isn't fixed. They're giving up pressure to four rushers. And defensively, they can't stop a nosebleed. So for me right now, the Bills are clearly the class of the AFC, and that may not be temporary. That may not be temporary. Mike, um, you took what I said and raised it. I mean, you went to the casino and was like, hey, let me draw from my 401k, all my investments, uh, my 12 savings accounts, and I'll put it all there on the Buffalo Bills. You, my friend, have gone too far. You've gone too far. Come strong or don't come at all. No, no, no. Don't come that strong. Don't come that strong. Don't do that. Don't do that. I wouldn't advise that. You came a little too strong. Hey, hey, you know, build up to it. Build up to it. Mike, I, I, I like that you gave it the preface that you're being a prisoner of the moment. You are. And that's okay if you were just saying, after watching Buffalo last night, I may have to think that Buffalo is ready to win the conference. No, you said Buffalo has passed Kansas City and you had the nerve to say in the same paragraph that there is no drop-off that there's no difference between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. There's a difference. It's not huge. It's not head and shoulders, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Still. No, he's not. No, it's I'm I'm shocked to hear you say that. I don't want to I don't want to distract you or derail your conversation, but he's not. No, 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 I'm not distracted. I'm not distracted. I I just like to hear as I'm just gonna park right here for a second cars running. I'm parked. 
I'm rolling down the window. Red light. And it's I, a red know, light. As a matter of fact, I put it in reverse. Red light. No, 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 no. It's a red light. I, no, I, no, no. I part. I put it in reverse. I said, "What'd you say? What, yo, what you say? <laughs> what you say? Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. What? Who is Josh Allen? Who's the best mm-hmm. quarterback in football? If it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's Brady, dude. I don't even know why that's a mystery to you. It's Brady. Okay. Continue. Okay. All right. We'll anyway, rank them later. I want. Look, to, we'll rank them later. But continue your did, point. Continue your rebuttal. I'm not into. I'm not in. I'm not into ranking them. Look. They did a great job last night, Buffalo, and maybe exorcism. Exorcism on my part is too strong because you already went through it. You already went through it. You lost your moment uh, in the in the conference championship game. That moment's passed. You're never going to get that back. Okay. We'll never see a day like this again uh, in our lives. But if, if they're, and I don't know if they had any doubts about what they were able to do in Kansas City. What they were able to do last night was kind of quench any doubts that they may have had about playing at Arrowhead Stadium or playing against Kansas City. I don't know. If, that, if there were just a smidge of that left, that's now gone. That's been obliterated. Or, yeah. They don't have to worry right, about they didn't that. Just, but still. They didn't win a close still, game. They didn't win a fluky game. They curb stomped them. They did. This is the only blowout Kansas City has had this year. They lost to the Ravens by a point. They lost to uh-huh. uh, the Chargers when they had some turnovers. Um, they got uh-huh. beaten down. They got beat down by the Buffalo Bills last night. Patrick Mahomes is not going to keep th- turning the ball over like that. He's not. That's not who he is. Presumably. He's not a turnover machine. Right. And. I like what he said last night. I like that he said, this is on me. This is on me. I've got to reassess how I'm looking at these things. I got to take care of the football. Had that interception we showed by Rousseau. Had uh, the pick six to Micah Hyde. He throws it too hard. Tyreek Hill bounces up. Micah Hyde gets an easy touchdown. And he lost a fumble. Patrick Mahomes is not going to be that guy. I know this guy on the left, on my left, Josh Allen will. He'll continue. I've got a lot of respect for him and what the team is about. But I just know I'm not going to judge Kansas City at its lowest point right now, two and three, in the, at, the, at the beginning of October, because this time next month, you're going to come on again. You're going to hold your hands out. You say, I'm a prisoner <laughs> in the moment. Kansas City has not lost since that night against Buffalo. And Kansas City is okay. back where it belongs. Kansas City's on pause. Kansas City's pause. Kansas City's in the lab, which I like. That's what you're supposed to do when you're struggling. Get back to the lab. Look at yourself. Don't blame anybody else. What can I do better? What do I need to work on? Then I'm going to come back to the world and show the world what I got. Uh, Meanwhile, the only undefeated team in the NFL resides in the NFC. it is the 5-0 Arizona Woo. Cardinals. I bet you guys all had that before the season, right? Here's Kyler Murray. It's like a staring contest. You to have one of the best starts in franchise history at 5-0. Um, I, I mean, I think it's an accomplishment for the organization. Um, me personally, I don't, um, I don't know. It doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, but... No, it's uh, yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, for for us, as far as the mindset goes, and we accomplished that this week. Uh, we can't get bored of winning. Um, we can't get bored of doing the little things right. And I think um, 
you know, like, like I said, today wasn't one of the flashiest wins. It wasn't the prettiest, but at the end of the day, you know, we got something. We can be happy we won. You know, if we would have lost to it, you know, everybody would have been pissed off and, and angry. So uh, it's good that we won. Are the Cardinals, uh, conversely, we talked about the AFC, are the Cardinals, conversely, the clear-cut class of the NFC? Um, can I can I just quibble a little bit with the word clear-cut or, or, or the phrase clear-cut? That, yeah, that's the point. I, that's why I asked it that way. Yes, you, you should. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. You should. Right. No, I'm glad. Right. I, I hope you do. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to back you into a corner. Yes. Yes, you are. I like them. I, I, and I like wins like this. See, I, I like teams. I like great teams that don't play their best and still win. Or they do something different. That, I, I, need to, I need you to, you know, it's like Alonzo said. You got to have a little dirt on you. You got to have a little dirt on you for me to trust you. In order you. for people to trust you. So, yeah, right. That's right. So the Cardinals... I know, yeah, it, maybe it's if you got home field advantage throughout the playoffs and the Super Bowls and SoFi Stadium, which is a dome stadium, but not really a dome stadium. So if you got home field advantage all the way through and go to, and go to the Super Bowl, you don't have to be in the elements, you don't have to go through a tough game, maybe you can play that same style uh, throughout the season. Chances are somebody's going to be hurt, you're going to have an off day, and you're going to have to win in a different way. We know what this offense can do. Yesterday, the offense couldn't do it. Yesterday, this was a day for, for J.J. Watt to have his uh, vintage, vintage tip pass J.J. Watt kind of day at a critical time. This was a time for the defense to show what it could do under Vance Joseph. So that, that's what I wanted to see. Look, as much as I'm entertained by Kyler Murray running around and hitting our guy, the the slot receiver, a brother from another, Rondale Moore, with another great catch again yesterday. As much as I enjoy that, I need to see them win in different ways. And they did it yesterday, and they're doing it against, uh, against iron. They're doing it against a tremendous division. I can say this. I don't know if they're the clear-cut best team in the NFC or in football. I know they play in the clear-cut best division. With all respect to the AFC West, the NFC West is insane. Yeah, where well, Russell Wilson Seattle, is sitting no. in the same yeah. position we'll, as Patrick, we'll as, as Patrick Mahomes. No, no, they're good. They're good with bad defense. Great offense, well, bad defense. But no, no, no. No, I mean, they don't have Russell Wilson. I'm saying we'll see about Seattle. Geno Smith looked good yeah. Thursday night, but they don't have Russell Wilson. So we'll see about Seattle. Yeah. But I understand your larger point. I understand. But I, I, I look at them. I like the Cardinals a lot. The problem is I like a lot of people. So I like what they're doing. Yeah. And did you see the is it this? And, and I'm glad we're showing this. Good job, guys. Uh, showing DeAndre Hopkins. See, the Cardinals do things that just once you got a nice game plan for them, Mike. Okay, we're gonna do this against Kyler Murray. Um, we're, we're gonna approach them um, uh, on our, our when they when they come at us. This is what we're gonna do. You can have a great plan for the Cardinals. And then you see the touchdown that Murray had to DeAndre Hopkins. The dude was covered. He's covered. Murray throws it to him anyway, and he catches a touchdown. So they're just able to come up with plays that a game plan and a defensive and, a defensive and offensive coordinators just really can't plan for. I like teams like that. 
but I also like the Cowboys, and I also like my Packers. So it's it's, it's tough to say. Where you stand on it? Not for me. It's the not not for me. It's the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys, and I know there's no column for close, but the Cowboys are a couple missed kicks away from having knocked off the defending champions in Dak Prescott's first game back on the road on opening night, and being right there yeah. undefeated with the Cardinals. Uh, for me, the Cowboys are even scarier on offense. Um, offensively, they have the superior quarterback, with all due respect to up-and-coming superstar Kyler Murray. Uh, as exciting as he is, as dangerous as he is, give me Dak Prescott any day and twice on Sundays. Uh, the running game for the Cardinals cannot see that of the Dallas Cowboys, which now has two frontline running backs. Um, and at wide receiver, I mean, they don't even need C.D. Lamb Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup's out. So let's say Cedric Wilson as their third. They Dak will, will feed Dalton Schultz. Dak will feed running backs now. So Dak spreading the ball around. And defensively, I must have missed where they signed Deion Sanders. Um, as in Trayvon Diggs. Defensively, Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, they're playing great complimentary football. If you want to argue that the Cardinals are superior defensively, that's fine. Um, but Give me the Dallas Cowboys. So, I was, so you told me I would I would regret what I said earlier about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. History tells me recent history tells me that I'll regret proclaiming the Cowboys as the class of the NFC. And I know Green Bay has, has seen Seth right at itself. Although I was man, I was so ready. I was so ready to come at you. We, we're way over time and we need to go to break. Real quick note on Green oh, Bay. One of the wildest. Oh, one of the wildest oh, games I've ever oh, seen. I know. You oh, know, word. I was on my—I was literally on my knees praying when McPherson oh. missed it from 56 Ooh. and hit the Ooh, upright. See, Jamar Chase balling out—that's how the team that doesn't want to win was this close to four Shame and one. Oh my Shame God, I was so ready. I was oh, so I ready. I we got to go to break now. I you get the last so words. We go to break. Hold on, no, I mean, okay, yeah, just play the play, roll the music because I tell you how petty you are. Because I knew you were rooting against me. I didn't even talk to you yesterday. I knew you were rooting against me, but let me tell you about oh, me. I was rooting hard against the Bengals. I was like, please don't win this game. Please don't win. Please don't win. Because I know Michael wild. Smith that was is rooting against me. But I'm rooting against Michael Smith and rooting against the Bengals. Because I can't, I can't let that narrative just die. Oh, my God. I can't. Oh. It's got, it's they, full they, of They don't want to win by drafting Jamar it's full Chase. Of like, I know. Man. You know what? I ain't got to be right. They just lost. So I can say they lost. Oh, good for them. Yep, you're right. Good for them. They're improving. Shame on you rooting against me yesterday. Shame on you. I wasn't rooting against you. I was rooting for me. No, I was rooting for me. (laughs) Okay. Confession's good for the soul. Good for you. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Urban, how emotional, uh, emotionally draining was this week for you considering what happened and did you see any of that impact any of the players at all today? I didn't. I would, you could ask them. Uh, that, I apologized earlier in the week. 
um, and uh, players had a really excellent week of practice and put ourselves really in a position to win a game at one point. All right, so speaking of uh, I told you so's, uh, all hell <laughs> broke loose while I was gone last week uh, mm. with regard to uh, Urban Meyer and the Jaguars franchise losing streak has reached 20 straight uh, with no end in sight. <laughs> Joining the 76-77 Buccaneers who lost 26 straight, I believe, as the only 20 consecutive loss club members in NFL history. So, floor is yours. No, 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 floor is yours. No, no, I, on the contrary. The floor is yours because, no, no, let me, let me, just, let me just, hold on. Let me just get this straight. Let me get this straight. You know, floor is yours, but <laughs> go ahead. No, <laughs> but 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 first, okay. you know, and my, this happens to my voice like once a year. Um, so what I'm looking for, maybe I can maybe I can try it. Maybe I can, I've been having that too. I can try something like this. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's, it's kind of like yeah. So let me see. Mine. Weird, mine too. Let me see if I, I, I probably can't get to this register, but I'm going to try to get to, try to get a little Michael Smith here, <clears throat> get to a Michael Smith register regarding Urban, uh, Urban Meyer. You know, Michael, respectfully, I think that's a preseason take you've got about Urban Meyer. You've made up your mind, Michael that Urban Meyer is not going to make it in the NFL. And so yes. you're not really, you're not really objective on this. This is something right. that you, you it, it, the information, no matter what happens, you've got your mind made up. No, no, Mike. No, I don't, Mike. Have my mind made up. I done tried to tell you. You don't want to listen. I told you about Urban Meyer. He's not built for me? this life. Okay, the life. What did you tell me? The life. Not what did no, you tell me? Not just not not strategically. I said he's not ready for the NFL life. Not just the Jacksonville Jaguars. Anybody. What? Didn't I okay. tell you that? Well, right? So well, you, well Michael, you told so, me so, you told so me part of that, can I answer? Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, what, what I, told I was you gonna what? say you told me you told me you told me what? You never told me why. My issue with you and your Urban Meyer commentary, and by the way. We didn't disagree very much because we both we both observed we both observed the collegiate hubris that he displayed when it came to hiring the strength and conditioning coach. Even when it came to the, to the brief fiasco that was Tim Tebow. Okay, but what I observed from you, perhaps it was unfair, is I go back to because see, I listened to what you say, and. When he first got hired, you ripped the hire. Yeah. And yeah. there was a sense for me, my sense was I, I sensed a confirmation bias at play with every struggle that you were finding facts to suit oh, theories man. versus theories hey, to suit facts. From the hey, beginning, look. before he even got before he hey. even got hired, you were like, bad hire. Now, again, you told me what? You told me that he was destined to fail, correct? You never told me why. So every time something happened, all you said was, I told you he ain't ready. I told you he ain't built for this. No, he's a college, well, why he's a college guy. 
because he's a college guy. So collegiate, what does that hu- even mean? collegiate hubris. I would, I would love you to be specific yeah, because there means, are a lot of college okay, coaches okay. who have come from the league and succeeded. A and lot of them come they, from college. They, what is it about Urban you know, Meyer you know how that they you succeed? knew that he would fail? You know how they succeed? Because they humble themselves and they say, this mm-hmm. is different. See, the college game mm-hmm. and the pro game are different. And if you bring that same sensibility like Nick Saban did, and you, knew, you bring that and you same knew sensibility coming in, that you have in college, he did the same thing. Right, we Nick all Saban know that. We, Michael, we never all disagreed right. about that. Everybody knows that. That's why college coaches so, have failed. Be it Petrino, be it Spurrier, we never disagreed why, about that. But Ber, all I'm asking you is, what did you know about Urban Meyer? Maybe it's an Ohio State thing. Maybe it's how he conducted himself It's previously. an Urban Meyer what thing. You, it's clear. It's clear. It's as clear as day. That's, that's just who he is. Look, Mike, hey, certain things will be true no, no matter what happens. If you hire me as a math professor anywhere, that's a bad hire. Got and it. so if Got I it. fail in that situation, like, well, it just seems like you keep, you keep stating that it was a bad hire. Well, yes, yeah, a bad hire because I'm not good at that. And I know I'm not going to be good at that. Urban Meyer is not good in this okay. environment. Urban Meyer is, is excellent in the college atmosphere. He is excellent with having power over everybody around him. Hey, right. He didn't have, he, didn't, he never had an owner at Ohio State. He's more pre- he was more powerful than the president, provost, more powerful than AD, had the kids on a string. Everybody bows down to him, media included. Sorry, Columbus, sorry. Everybody bowing down to him. And now he's coming up where everybody's an equal. You okay. can't pass see, your this BS. Is, this is, this is my issue. Okay, let me get in. Let but me get the in last thing I, if I Let me get in here. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. You won't say your last thing. Say your last thing. No, I, I'm looking at time. No, I want it, I want this to be a more. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I'm gonna make it quick. I'll make it quick. You're Urban Meyer. You can't pass your BS on the grown men because grown men not only can see it, like the kids can see it too. Kids can't do anything about it. Like you, they're on your watch. They're on your pro, okay. they're on your program. Literally on your program. But you try to so, pass that BS off the grown men, they can see it and they can speak about it without fear of retribution. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna kick them out the league. You may kick them out of Jacksonville and thank you very much. Because it's, it's a circus Mickey okay. Mouse atmosphere now with you in charge. So I'd rather so, be in a professional setting. Okay. Good. I, I don't usually reference the feed. I usually let them speak for, them, speak for themselves. You have 20 straight is better than I told you so, right? I know. I just want to say, I just want to say, I don't know. <laughs> no, right. But the 20, but the no, 20 straight part is greater. I, 20 straight. Yeah, that's the, that's the real issue. The real issue It's bigger than urban. Believe it or not, it's bigger than him. Well, it's bigger. We're right. And that's what's interesting. The 20 straight. Yeah. And I'm not mean to project this on you. The 20 straight losses feels like they're all urban Myers. <laughs> as if Doug Marones belong to him, right? Right. Urban Meyer right. is 0 and 5. And this is I, I'm not here right. to defend freaking Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is 0 and 5. Taking over a 1 and 15 team. Exactly what is Urban Meyer's record supposed to be? Typically, when you take over a 1 and 15 team, there is a grace period. Ironically, Urban Meyer getting his groove on at his steakhouse with a woman that was not his wife has ended the honeymoon period. If there ever was one, I have never seen a coach put himself on the hot seat for reasons other than football. We could talk about yesterday with 
you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't ready to run a quarterback sneak or Trevor Lawrence like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can run a quarterback sneak. We can talk about his play. We can talk about the which part. That's not accurate. There, there's uh, you know reasons other than football. There are football reasons too. I just want to. I'm gonna give it back to you. Just want to say. No, no, no. no, you know, no I'm saying the there are football reasons. See the reporting of, of of Mike. See the reporting of Michael Silver. See the reporting of Jason Lockett. I've seen Ford. it all. There, there are. Football I've seen it all. No, that's not football. Reasons. No, hold on. I, wait, no, no, hold on. No, when I say football reasons, I mean yes, it's football. It's all part of the culture. I'm talking about Urban Meyer's evaluation to this point has been much more about. I mean, again, that word hubris, the way he uh, treats people with NFL experience, the way he conducts himself, hiring a strength and conditioning coach, not coming home on a team plane, all these different things to what you spoke of a minute ago, Michael, about him being a college coach trying to run Jacksonville like as a college program, more so than the performance or lack thereof of the team, which is right. also a reflection of him, okay. but it's been more about the okay. drama that he's brought on. So regardless sure. of what you told me and yeah, you told me so regardless of what you told me, regardless of why it's only a matter of when and how, because the bottom line is he ain't worth the trouble because if you were showing some kind of progress, if you were showing some kind of growth, if, if you were showing that, you know what, maybe he got a few things to learn. But we, the only place we can advance, only way we can advance as an organization is if Urban Meyer is the head coach and he brings something that nobody else does that can change this culture and make this organization elite, blah, 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 blah. Well, then, then you put up with this drama. But if you're just going to lose 20 straight, if you're Shaq Khan, I could do bad by my damn self. So exactly, it, it's, it's not a matter of, of if, but when. He's going to determine that this was a mistake because Urban Meyer, A, is not cut out for this, and B, damn sure ain't worth the drama. That's the bottom line. He's going right. to annul this marriage rather quickly because Urban Meyer has already lost the benefit of the doubt. Like the bottom line is, Michael, and this is what I'm saying. Like a lot of what you said a second ago, and I know we got to go to break and I'll wrap this up. What you said yeah, a second yeah. ago to me, Michael, even though you did offer specifics, and even though you've been consistent, and, and again, we haven't disagreed that much, but a lot of what you said about Urban Meyer, and, and if the shoe fits, wear it. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, and it looks like a duck, it must be a duck, right? Okay. This isn't right. a blind squirrel take. Everything you said, it, the shoe does fit with Urban Meyer. However, all of it was your typical college coach doesn't work in the pros cliches, respectfully, respectfully. It's not respectful. Urban Meyer. No, no. I don't no. believe that though, it, but it fits. I, I told you that. it fits. Do you hear me say that? But it fits. Did you hear me say that about Matt Rule? Everything. Yeah, but it fits yeah. because we don't talk about Matt Rule right. because when Matt Rule and Urban Meyer and here's why we don't talk about Matt Rule. Urban Meyer turns people off. He's doing it in the NFL. He's doing it re- reportedly in his own locker room. He did it at Ohio State. He did it at Florida. He turns a lot of people off. So Urban Meyer's only path to success was to win immediately. Not only have they not won immediately, I'm but he got sure the nerve that, right? to not fly back with the team. It's so not, now there is no, typically with a one in 50. It's a rebuilding operation and yet he has no yeah, I, I agree with that. credibility. He has no grace and that says more about Urban Meyer than it does about whether or not a college coach can typically transition to the NFL. 
He can't transition to the NFL, which to bring this thing full circle, which is to bring this thing full circle is what you said from day one. Right, right. Look, and I'm not anti-college coach in the NFL. Obviously not. I I think for him, it's it's a struggle. I think Matt Rule has done it the right way. It's not about results for Urban. If Urban had come in with some humility and said, look, it's going to take me a while. I know... You know, I've lost right. nine games at Ohio State, my last job. Right. And I, I, right. I, 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 very, I very much could lose that in year one. I understand that, but we're going to be better for it. Uh, I got a lot of right. work to do. Sure. I would have I, I said, okay, that's a little different. It's a different. It's a different. It's the combination. From, from Urban. It's the combination. But as you said. Yes. As you said. As the great Bobby Blue Bland once sang. I can do bad by myself. I don't need no help. Starve to death. And Shad Khan, look, man, we're going to lose five straight with or without you. What are we doing? He's not a difference maker. He's not a difference maker. If anything, he's a negative. If anything, he's a negative. He might be holding them back. It might be better without him. Now that I can do bad by myself, they might be able to be better without him. Given his shortcomings. Hey, Urban, go be great somewhere else. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, I'm not going to answer all these questions today. I think I've addressed it already. Uh, I can't remember a lot of the things that transpired 10 or 12 years ago, but um, I stand here uh, in front of everybody apologizing. I know I'm not, uh, I don't have an ounce of, of racism in me. I'm a, a guy that takes pride in leading people together, and I'll continue to do that for the rest of my life. And again, I apologize to D. Smith and anybody out there that that I have offended. All right, John Gruden, uh, another apology for uh, emails that emerged from 2011. This is during the uh, NFL lockout, a little dispute between the owners. The owners is a lockout, right? So it's the owners locking out the players. That's one of the ironies in this. And he was more critical of D. Smith for the owners locking out the players, although he did have some things to say about Roger Goodell. So uh, John Gruden uh, apologizing again after the game, Michael, and Rod Graves is a Fritz of uh, the Fritz Pollard Alliance came out with a great statement. I think it was an absolutely perfect statement on John Gruden. And also, D. Smith had a statement on him as well. I'm just saying that, hey, this is painful. This is one of those situations that, that we got to work through. Rod Graves, look at, I don't know, if, I don't know if, how well you know Rod Graves. I know him a little bit, Mike. Very well. I've known him since he was in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. What a guy. Uh, the insensitive remarks made by John Gruden about DeMora Smith are indicative of the racism that exists on many levels of professional sports. Furthermore, 
He reveals that the journey for African-Americans and other minorities in sports is riddled with irrepressible mindsets at the highest level. It gets better. It is our hope that the league and team ownership will address this matter with a remedy commensurate with these painful words. This is yet another inflection point in a society fraught with cynical social blinders, absent of respect for the intellectual capacity and leadership of minorities. And then, when will it end? Good job, Rod Graves. Good job, Fritz Pollard Alliance. It's a shame that we got to go there. And D. Smith's statement was great, too. Uh, D. Smith saying, look, you got to have thick skin in this job. Here it is. Not the first racist comment that I've heard, and it probably will not be the last. This is a thick-skinned job for someone with dark skin. That's poetic. Just like it always has been for many people who look like me and work in corporate America. Take it larger. Take this and make a larger point. Good job. You know people are sometimes saying things behind your back that are racist, just like you see people talk and write about you using thinly coded and racist language. Racism like this comes from the fact that I'm at the same table as they are, and they don't think someone who looks like me belongs. I'm sorry my family has to see something like this, but I would rather they know. I will not let it define me. Mike, um, this story really bothers me. It bothers me because it's got about seven or eight parts to it, and I, I can't get into all seven or eight we don't have enough time for that. But can I just say, um, as I will be somebody's, I, I, I will sacrifice, I'll make a personal sacrifice. I will be somebody's black friend. <laughs> and the, the black friend you can come to and, and we'll keep it 100 with you. Black friend who will tell you, oh, no, don't say that. I'm going to tell you why. Who will tell you not to say that and give you a history lesson. I'll be that black friend who tells somebody who doesn't know better, stop saying, I don't have a racist bone in my body, and stop saying you don't have racism in you. And stop saying, well, I, I can't remember what happened 10 years ago. Racism is not a bone. Racism is a spirit. Racism is an attitude. Racism is all around us. So that's like, that would be like me saying, just for an example, hey, um, I, 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 I couldn't possibly be sexist because I'm married to a woman. I can't possibly be sexist because I have a daughter. I have, so I have a mother. <laughs> yeah. So what? Stop it. Like, will you, at the, the next person who says, yes, that was racist, and I apologize for it, will be the first that I've heard. Wow. Why do people go through race? They, they, they will have racist comments and then say, well, I'm not a racist. John, John Gruden, well, I don't know if you're a racist or not. I don't know if John Gruden is a racist, but I know he said a racist thing. He wrote a racist thing about D. Smith. There's no question. And he may not understand that. And unfortunately, what really bothers me, it, his response bothers me. And the Raiders bother me. The Raiders players. Those who said after the game, well, you know, it was 10 years ago. Or I've dealt with John Gruden and I haven't really noticed anything about him. All right.
Look, you know what? One of the things that just that just crushes me is that I know I'm speaking. I'm, I'm going to paint with a broad brush here. I'm going to speak with the royal we, and I know everybody is not going to feel it. Everybody's not coming coming along, but I feel confident in saying it. One of the things that bothers me, Mike, is that very often African Americans have their love and their thick skin taken advantage of, have their forgiving spirit, their grace, and their ability to let certain ignorant comments bounce off of them. Very often, we are taken advantage of by those who use that against us. What do I mean by that? I still think of, just to give you an extreme example, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying John Groot, I'm not gonna use that because that'll be, that'll be twisted. I'm not gonna use that extreme example. Redact that from the record. I'll say it simpler. I'm just so tired of being the people who will who have the grace to say, yeah, you said something stupid, you said something hurtful, but I forgive you. I know that's a very Christian ethic. It's, it's, the, it's the religion, it's the life that I am trying to live. It's the life that I've devoted myself to. Myself to. But can I be honest, without uh, other Christians throwing their Bibles at me, can I be honest that sometimes it's exhausting. And sometimes it feels like it's not going anywhere that it's not reciprocated. John Gruden did say a racist thing. And the fact that he said it 10 years ago is part of the story, but the story's not over. Does he realize what he said 10 years ago is racist? And has he made some amends? Has he wrestled with why he said it at that time and then moved on to the point we're at right now? I don't know. He seems very content to let himself off the hook, and so do his players. And it's just really annoying to me. So last thing I'll say, Mike, on this is that when people go through situations like this, when they, when they make these comments, I'll say, you know, hey, it was said in the heat of the moment, it was a bad time, or uh, I didn't realize what I was doing. That's generally when it happens. Racist remarks usually don't happen when I meet you for the first time and we're exchanging pleasantries. For those who work in corporate America, like both Rod Graves and D. Smith alluded to, when you work in corporate America, what happens like the gut punch. You're sitting there, you're chilling on a corporate retreat and somebody says something. You're out at a night at the bar and everybody's relaxed and then it comes up. Or... You get emotional, there's an argument, and then it comes out. That's when they usually come out in emails, in angry, emotional emails, or in moments where somebody feels like, I can take my mask off, I got my guard down, that's when it comes out. So, I'm not really, I'm not really, I'm not ready to forgive John Gruden because I don't think he is, I don't think he gets the weight of what he says, and I don't believe him. I don't think his apology is genuine. I think his apology is transactional. I think it's checking a box. So until, he's, until he comes correct, 
I'm all set with John Gruden. And I'd like to see the NFL, as Rod Graves said, I like the NFL. I like to see the NFL make a strong statement. Oh, one more thing, one more thing. Real quick, real quick, Mike. We're taking his word for the emails. I believe the Wall Street Journal has seen the emails and the league office has. We don't know what's in those emails. John Gruden is our, John Gruden is our reporter and our editor right now. So I'd like to see them before I say what the intent is of John Gruden. This story is not over. We've got a, we've, we're seeing these things through a Wall Street Journal, John Gruden prism, but I think I need to see the entirety of what he brought in 2011 to really understand what we're talking about. Um, let's press pause. Let's take a break. We're up against uh, the top of the hour. Um, we're going to check in with Charles Robinson, who wrote a great column. He's standing by. He's been waiting for a few minutes. Um, we're going to check in with Charles Robinson after this break. Uh, we're going to talk about what accountability um, and what league discipline could look like for a guy who technically wasn't employed by the league at the time of his email, but was very much uh, within and profiting within the league's family as uh, the analyst for Monday Night Football. Um, so, Charles Robinson uh, on the other side. Stand by. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, as mentioned, uh, Charles Robinson, wrote, as usual, wrote a killer column on Yahoo. We're going to continue with this uh, John Gruden uh, racist email uncovered in the investigation into the Washington football team's toxic culture. Um, and given the irony there with what the team used to be called, as Charles Robinson so uh, aptly pointed out in his column on Yahoo, seems like John Gruden emailed the right organization. Uh, Charles, I wonder, what does uh, accountability look like here uh, for the NFL. You wrote that the league cannot afford to let this slide. Uh, Rod Graves said uh, uh, accountability commiserate with the pain that this email causes. What does that look like? Um, that's a good question. I think I, I want to hear from the league first off that I don't want to hear 10 years ago. Okay. I want to hear on the doorstep of his 49th birthday. Okay. Because that to me is a number that matters. You know, I don't know what kind of life renaissance that all of us are approaching as we hit our fifties. But, um, I would say that at 49, you probably know the power of the words that come out of your mouth, off your fingertips, you know? Um, and I think that, the league recognizing that and saying it, if John Gruden won't, um, matters. I think the league also pointing out that since he took his assistant coaching job in Green Bay in 1992, 
that expanse of time up until today, John Gruden has been, he has become synonymous with the NFL product, okay? Um, he has made tens of millions, if not in excess of $100 million uh, over the expanse of his career that is tied to the league, okay? Uh, when he was working for ESPN, um, ESPN had the Monday Night Football platform. John would go on to become a centerpiece of that. He had his QB camp. He was able to pass freely into any facility in, in the league at any point he wanted to because the league kept its doors wide open to him, um, all of which lined his pockets, enhanced his profile, and gave him what is effectively what was effectively a lifetime contract when he returned to the league. Um, so I think that the league, as I said in the column, I don't think the league can just walk away from this and not understand that it is intertwined in all of this. And I, I want to say it one more time. I want to point this out. This was an email in which it was sent to the general manager of a team called the Washington Redskins that was constantly embroiled in controversy about the racial connotations of that name and its logo, right? It was sent during a time mm -hmm. period that was so toxic and screwed up toward women in the workplace environment, it resulted in an expansive investigation, a $10 million fine for the owner, and him being stripped of control of his organization. Now think about that. Okay, what is like, just think of, of the nexus of all those different things occurring inside the NFL. The league has to cope with this. They have to understand that this is part of 100 years of history that it's trying to progress past. And I think that some pertinent questions that I would like to hear and it doesn't sound like John's answering anything anymore. He's trying to move past this. But I would like to know, he came out and he said, well, you know what? I used an expletive for Roger Goodell. Why didn't you just use an expletive for <laughs> D. Smith? I'm curious about that. Um, oh, yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why, why did you have harsh words for owners? Uh, were any of them concentrated on maybe stereotypical physical features? Or, or what kind of harsh words are we talking about here? I, I want to know why there's a disparity, why there's distinction in language, because I think that is when you tell on yourself when there is yep. distinction in language. And oh, by the way, this idea that, well, I, I made this reference to Michelin tires because I, I call people, uh, they have rubber lips if they're liars. Why didn't you just say rubber lips then? Because you didn't say rubber lips you made a completely different distinction that included size in the description. Um, so instead of just calling someone a liar, you ran it through your metaphorical machine to come out with something that now later you have to explain was not racist. You don't have a racist ounce in your body. You're not, you know, which by the way, everyone who watches that, who's honest with themselves and their own soul knows that there's no one who is so pure and, and so right. beyond reproach that they have not had a Teach. racist moment in their life, okay? Exactly. I am a child of the 80s. I, I was born in 1977. I grew up through the 80s. 
let me focus it through this prism. There are a lot of movies I really enjoyed that now as an adult man in 2021, when I see them and I think, oh, I'm really excited to watch this. I'm like, oh, like it catches me completely different at this stage of my life where I have grown and developed as a person and realized that my thought process at this time in my life was racist or it was very much, I, I entertained stereotypes that I thought were funny. But then as I got older, I was able to outgrow that and distance myself from that. But I'm not gonna tell you now, I'm pure. I have no racist bone in my body. I, there's not an ounce of racism in me as if I've been cleansed um, every day I wake up. No, it's just, if you're gonna apologize, say, hey, yeah. this is a racist joke. I made a racist joke. It's 10 years later, it was a mistake. I understand the hurt that this caused. And here's why I look back on that and regret it. But don't say it wasn't racist. I'm not racist. And I'm sorry you're hurt by it. That's not look, that's Charles. Frustrating. Charles, <laughs> as usual, well written and well said. I, I'll just I'm just gonna ask you this. Uh, but before I ask this question, I just want to point out that John Gruden said the re part of the reason he was so he had so much zeal over this topic because this is the game that I love and I work with high school students and, <coughs> and, and parents were scared about their kids playing football. Hey, man, you ain't the only one. You ain't got some permit. You ain't got rights on love of love for football. A lot of people love football, but don't go to those lengths to express their disappointment about uh, of, of, about the players association head or owners or the commissioner. So that's a lame excuse. That's one. But two, what I really want to know is this. Do you think we'll get to the point where we will see the emails, as I said to Mike, without going through the John Gruden Wall Street Journal filter paywall? Can we see the emails ourselves? Do you think we'll get to that point and we can make our own determination about what's there? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's remember. Somebody These might came leak out. them, though. They might be leaked. No, they could be leaked. Yes, they could be leaked. And by the way, ask yourself this. Had this not been leaked, what happens, right? Like, if this isn't leaked, we never know about it. No one's ever held accountable. There's no adult conversation in the room about this, right, if it's never leaked, um, which I believe is part of why when the NFL conducted this investigation, had the investigation conducted into the Washington franchise for what it later called a toxic workplace environment for women. The reports were not written. They were oral. Why do you say, I want an oral report on your findings? I don't want a written report. You don't want a written report because guess what? Written reports get leaked. They're easier to disseminate. They're easier for someone to take pieces out and hand them off to a reporter. An oral report, less people in the room, Someone has to have a really good memory. And if you're not taking notes, it's harder to remember something with you know, pristine accuracy of a written word on a piece of paper. That's part of why I think the, con the investigation was conducted in the way that it was, was so that a moment like this would not necessarily happen. Clearly, someone involved in it felt the need to leak this. Now, I've seen people that suggest, well, Demore Smith was... He was on the verge of potentially being voted out of his position as executive director. He must have. I don't care. 
I, li- I do not care who leaked this. It does not matter to me who leaked this. The content matters to me. The time frame 10 years ago does not matter to me because 10 years ago was not that long ago. And again, this was an adult grown man of significant power who had led organizations on the field just three years prior. Okay. So I don't, I, I, it's, this whole thing is just a, it's a practice and frustration when you look at the NFL and you realize why again, there are no minority owners beyond Shad Khan. There's certainly no one that um, looks like DeMory Smith, who is the majority owner of an NFL football team. And I'm going to keep bringing that up over and over again because I think it does matter. I think that absolutely matters because everyone who raises their voice raises it from below. Rod Graves is below the owners. DeMory Smith is in the union. That's outside of the ownership box, okay? It's always shouting upward toward the ownership ranks to hold someone accountable, to not let this happen, to change the culture. It's hard to change culture when people are shouting for it from below. Way to speak and write truth to power, Charles Robinson. We appreciate you, man. We will see you tomorrow, okay? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Um, so, a couple of things I want to wrap this conversation up with, if I may. Um, the Had it not been leaked, had Gruden and his email not been exposed, had his true colors not, be, not been revealed, you know the voice that I've had in my head since Friday um, when this broke? I think it broke, if I'm not mistaken, either right at the end of your show or yes. right after your end show. End of the show. End of so the show. I, so, I knew, so I knew that there'd be plenty to talk about um, today. I have Ice Cube's voice in my head. I have the beginning of no Vaseline in my head. Here's what they think about you. Here's what they think about you. Here's what they think about you. Because we just so happened to be privy to what John Gruden was dumb enough to put in a work email. This, I don't believe that this was isolated for John Gruden. I don't believe this was out of character for John Gruden. And that is the fear That's the reality that we as black people, that minorities have to deal with in this society. That this is what they say either to themselves or one another when they're around friends. See, racists are the least qualified to diagnose whether or not they have a quote-unquote racist bone in their body. Very few racists, and most of them were at the Capitol on January 6th, but very few racists actually loudly and proudly self-identify as racists. So what you had yesterday was John Gruden standing defiantly in his whiteness and saying, I'm not a racist, that's all there is to it. Because clearly he done all the self-reflection, all the diagnosis, 
all the internal you know, considerations to determine a white man is going to sit up here and determine I'm not racist. That's not your place. Clearly you are. And that's the, and, and, and before we could ever get to a point as a society in general or a league in particular to be able to eradicate this type of thinking, we first have to come to a place where we recognize that this is not subjective. This is not a matter of opinion. You don't get to stand at a podium and say, I'm not racist because I coach black people or I work with black people. So that makes me not racist and I'm done answering questions about it. That is the epitome of white male privilege that you can determine when the conversation begins and ends. And I've lived it. You've lived it. We all live it again. Most of them aren't dumb enough to put it on paper. Most of them are dumb enough to leave a paper trail, but how many times, how many decisions, how many promotions, how many terminations, how many raises, how many pay cuts, how many evaluations are rooted in this kind of thinking? Cause for me, it wasn't just the rubber lips. The rubber lips was just so like, Okay, man. Rubber, really? Like uh, rubber, not rubber lips. The the lips as big as Michelin, Michelin. tires. Okay, she's talking about his, talk about his right. big lips. Right. Like it's big. It's big. Okay, right. really? Like okay, you know, we don't we doing that? For me, what was more problematic, okay. if I may, if I may, what was yeah. more problematic was the dumb, the intellect. Because that's why we're still having a conversation about black coaches. That's why there's still racist yeah. stereotypes still being attached to black quarterbacks. That's why there are so few black general managers. That's why there are so few black men and women CEOs and CFOs. That's why the easiest job for a black person to get in corporate America nowadays is director, director of diversity and inclusion with all due respect to the brothers and sisters holding down in that position. Right. Because there are so many people who ascribe and subscribe to this type of thinking who just don't say it, but they act on it in their own ways. And I put a lot of money on a bet that at some, at some point in John Gruden's career, he has acted on this type of thinking, whether or not it manifested itself in its substantial consequences. I don't know who's to say, but everything from grades, to bank loans, to selling your house, to mortgages, to job applications, to police encounters is all rooted in this type of thinking that just doesn't get said. He said the quiet part out loud, as they say. He said the quiet part yeah. out loud. Because how many owners were saying the same damn thing about Demora Smith? How many owners say the same damn thing about players, coaches, and GMs? How many of them say the same things when they're at their owners meetings and they're sitting around the bar. How many, how many executives have said the same thing about you, Michael, or the same thing about me or the same thing about brothers and sisters who look, who, who act like as Demora said, who have the nerve to not only want to seat at the table, but want to build the table. Right, right. Or right. as the case may be, right. bring our own chair to said table. So for me, I don't even care what happens to John Gruden because 
unfortunately, Rod Graves, there is nothing that can be done to John Gruden that is commiserate with this kind of pain because it's bigger than John Gruden, it's deeper than John Gruden. And the last thing I'll say, because we got company on the other side, I don't want to go too long. Real leadership, you want to talk about leadership? Real leadership is not sitting up there saying, I'm not racist, I ain't got a racist bone in my body. I apologize for anybody I may have offended. I'm done answering questions about it. Real leadership Terrible is saying, apology. you know what? Because it wasn't an apology. It was more of an acknowledgement, if anything. Real leadership is saying, I got work to do. I got work to do. I got, re- I got re- some reflection I need to do. I sent it at the time. I remember sending it. The, my, the why doesn't matter. That I, that yeah. I sent that, I'm embarrassed. Right. And clearly, I need to do some work on John Gruden. Not only am I sorry for the people I hurt, but I'm hurt. I'm embarrassed. I'm wounded looking back and saying that was me that said that because because since I since it was so long ago in that time, I've come to a better place of enlightenment. But I got work to do instead. I ain't got a racist bone in my body, which is the maiden call for racists. Most racists, yeah. it's on their business card. That. I don't have a race. I don't have a racist bone in my body. Stop saying, please so. stop saying that. Stop saying I don't have a racist bone in my body. Some of my best friends are. Uh, look, look. Let me let me try out somebody. Fill in the blank. Let me try out a woman, who's going to prove that I'm not sexist. Let me try. Let me try out a black person, who's going to prove uh, that I'm I'm not racist. Let me let me try out somebody from a different religion. Somebody who's a Jew. Hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not uh, anti-Semitic. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not uh, anti-Islam. Whatever it is, stop doing that. Stop doing that. That is so condescending, and it just misses the point entirely. You're absolutely right. I don't know what's going to happen to him. All right, but he is. I don't. Not, it doesn't matter. He has not reached the point. He, he's going. He's not reached the point of reflection. He is going to come and go. He's going to come and go for one reason or another. And there will still be white people talking, thinking, and most of all acting on this type of thinking. And making an example of John Gruden, not sure if that's much of a deterrent or enough of a deterrent. But here we are. Football girl on the other side. I'll tell you this. You know what he's He's or maybe advantage. not. We hope. We'll see. He's taking advantage <laughs> of his media contacts right now, isn't he? He's taking advantage of it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, 
Um, I, I thought we played pretty well offensively uh, as a group, and you know I thought we ran the ball really well late down the stretch. And uh, some of those guys outside on the receivers, they they made some great plays. You know, Mike stepped up huge. Keenan, Jalen Guyton, Jared Cook, all those guys that that we needed to step up. Those guys came up huge today. So uh, really, really thankful for them. Baker, how frustrating was it at the end of the game to not be able to make you know that game clinching play offensively or de- defensively to to put them away? Uh, I mean, obviously that's why we lost so you didn't make enough plays to to win the game and that goes for everybody on our team so we didn't do that um like i said we left too many points on the board in the first half uh i don't think it would have been the same outcome with needing a a touchdown to to tie the ball game up late in the game if we had done that early on so um just got to do our job we haven't played a complimentary football game yet well tell you what man uh well, we didn't hear just now, but he said it. Uh, Baker Mayfield went in on, and rightfully so, on the officiating. Um, those, some of those DPI calls at the end of the game uh, were just so egregious. But nonetheless, give all credit to the Chargers and their superstar quarterback, Justin Herbert. By the way, Michael, a little bit of history. Browns, first team in NFL history to lose despite scoring 40 or more points with no turnovers. Very Brown-like thing. And once upon a time, as our next guest, Melissa Jacobs, a.k.a. the football girl, uh, <laughs> joins us. Once upon a time, as you wrote in The Guardian, um, the Chargers used to have these types of losses. The Chargers would charge. <laughs> they would find ways to lose games that they would win. You feel like that day is dead. Tell us why. I mean, they would have lost yesterday, no question. I mean, if this was the Chargers of last year or basically any other year in the last decade, um, the, this is the kind of game they lose. I mean, the, when Austin Eckler was pushed into the end zone, I was like, oh, no, too much time for Baker. Here we go. They're going to lose in devastating fashion. The whole trajectory of the Chargers, which was, was on the rise, is, is going to shift, and then it didn't. So... It just, you know, this this team just feels different. Herbert feels more in control, and they just, I don't know, they just don't feel as doomed, I guess. Well, you said the team feels different, Melissa. I, I wonder if, if you are willing to say that the league feels different because the Chargers are on top uh, of the AFC West, and the Kansas City Chiefs are at the bottom of the AFC West. <laughs> are you willing to go that far and say, wait a minute, it's not just the Chargers getting past their history of, oh, man, look at this, pull the rug out. Then maybe, like the Chargers and the Bills even, are ready to do something and, and win this conference. Are you willing to go that far? I mean, if Kansas City is not going to do anything about their defense, then, yeah, why not? I mean, they're, it's, it's unbelievably bad. Like, there are no more adjectives to describe the Chiefs' defense and the fact that they have done so little to, to solidify this. I, I know Peter King wrote about it in his column about using that pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's maybe been, like, a CB player. I, I hope he heals. Uh, but that's not the pick they needed to make. There's so many holes defensively, and the Chiefs' offense just can't score enough to keep up with what the defense is allowing. So... It doesn't seem like there's bad luck in Kansas City. It just seems like there weren't some great personnel moves. Which is why we were talking about this earlier. Settle something for us. Uh, Michael and I had a disagreement, shocker, about the significance of, uh, of last night's game. Uh, I believe that the Bills, and I know it's week five, I know it's not the postseason, <laughs> but I believe that the Bills rather quickly have not only caught up to the Chiefs, but passed the Chiefs 
in terms of being a complete team. They are the clear-cut class of the AFC and the favorite in the AFC for me. Do you feel the same way, or you still think the Chiefs can perhaps right the ship, and when it comes down to it, you're still going with the older guard, not old guard, older guard, a two-time AFC champion Chiefs? Mm. Yeah, well, I'm just, I thought this was going to be the debate about the peanut butter uh, thing, so I'm, I'm kind of sad. We can get to that. Well, we can get to that. Hold on. Will. Wait a second. Okay. We will. Wait we'll get second. to that. Okay, I was going to say, that, that, you know, hold that thought. Hold that thought, because we're going to okay. come back to you on peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, hold that thought. Okay, okay. Where, where have, do you I stand on, on Bill's Chiefs? I, I want to see, like, just as a football fans in, in general, from what I think are complete teams, I, I want to see the Bills and Chargers in the AFC Championship. I mean, I love Mahomes. I love what the Chiefs have done. I, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, this the Super Bowl was an anomaly, and this is just Andy Reid taking a bunch of talent and not doing enough with it. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um but you saw, you know, if a team can neutralize either Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, yesterday they neutralized um, definitely Hill, uh, Kelsey a little bit. There, there's not there's not much left there, whereas the Bills are, I mean, they are a complete team. And, jo- you know, Josh Allen is so decisive now. And I know he had the, the bad game earlier in the season. There were some questions, but... I feel like he he's answered them, and I, you know, it feels like their star is just continuing to rise in, in every facet of, of their roster. And peanut okay, so more importantly, okay, yes, and butter. more importantly, <laughs> so I only heard because uh, the clip you guys shared on social media didn't give the the retort. Uh, so I only heard Michael Smith. Um, touting, I, I am so in agreement with you on crunchy, like cream. No, like creamy peanut butter should just die. Like, yeah, but make sure it's like all natural though, because some of the like there's Skippy natural. Oh, I hope you don't have a peanut butter sponsor, but there's um, you you have because otherwise it's too sugary. Maybe but, we need one. Uh, Maybe we need uh, one. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you. I mean, it feels like you're you should have one. But yeah, so that. Uh, I, I don't agree with mostly peanut butter though, and I definitely don't agree with strawberry. I think like I don't personally. Oh. I still I like like a deeper, richer like boysenberry. I like grape. Like strawberries, just a little too sweet, and I love strawberries in their pure form. But I don't like strawberry ice cream. I don't like and like strawberry. Even if you have mostly peanut butter, I think just completely destroys the PB and J. But I'm with you on the crunchy. Really? And I thought um, we had just be- I thought we had become best friends. <laughs> I know. We were getting, we were getting along we so swimmingly. I know. I'm sorry. And that's okay. You, well, uh, listen, listen uh, you can still you can still be friends with Michael Smith because what you didn't hear in the retort yes. is that I have some real issues with peanut butter in general, whether it's smooth, whether it's mm. crunchy, whether it's with strawberry, whether it's with grape. It doesn't matter. I am anti peanut butter. Period. So. Yeah, you're not really, this is probably your time to say, yeah, I like the other Michael better. Not that you were yeah. saying that. I know you weren't saying that before. You well, saying now that I before. am. Tell me, what, you probably but hate avocados too, right? I don't hate <laughs> avocados. But okay. I think, you know, Melissa, I, I probably need to sit down. Uh, I probably need to be hypnotized, but, <laughs> but, not, by the mom and, but not by the mom and get out. I, I, do, I need to be hypnotized, though, and just kind of, go over some of the issues I have. It goes back. It's deep. Like mayonnaise, peanut butter, like cream and Twinkies, all that kind of stuff. I just don't like. So I think there's something going on. 
right. Well, we like you, and we love the Football Girl <laughs> podcast. We appreciate you coming through Aww. despite your bad jelly take uh, or jam take or preserves if you prefer. Uh, but the peanut butter, <laughs> rock on. Football Girl, yes. Melissa Jacobs, we appreciate you. We will see you again <laughs> soon, okay? All right. Thanks for having Come me, Come back guys. again. Come kick it with us. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Michael. Um, Yo. So, you'll recall that uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, I want to talk more about Justin Herbert. We, you'll recall at the beginning of the season that uh, I told you, very beginning of the season, I said that Dak Prescott this year would force himself into people's top fives. Um, yes. And I think it might have been last week, Charles Robinson echoed that. Called Dak yeah. Prescott top five QB. So what I want to know as it relates to Justin Herbert, who's got an insane 11 300-yard games, most ever for a quarterback in his first two seasons, and I believe he's got 12 games to go in his second season. Um, I would love to know, that's a two-part question for you. Fill in the blank, and then, as promised, we gonna rank him. Justin Herbert, right now, is a top blank ten QB. Top ten. Ten. Okay. All right. Yeah, because you know it's, that's a little it's low. hard. It's. I think that's low. No, well, yeah, of course it's low. But you already told me there's no gap between, or a very Slight gap. Is that the word you use? Slight gap between Patrick Mahomes, minimal if any, and Josh so, Allen. But let, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's take it from the top. But look, you get because you get to ten quickly. Let's take it from the top. I think the top you get to five four, uh, in a second. Right. right the top, top four to me, the top four are pretty much etched in whatever order, in no particular order. Brady, right, Mahomes, right. Rogers. Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, and Josh Allen. Right now, we're talking right now. Right now, Brady Mahomes, Rogers, Josh Allen, they got to be in your top four somewhere. The fifth, I don't know. Candidates for the fifth. I already candidate. I'm already not candidates happy. for the fifth. Again, I'm, no particular order. No particular order. But the I'm candidates not for the fifth. I think Russell Wilson, based on his body of work, should probably be in your top five. But then based on his season. Based on this year, you see his numbers this year. Right. Okay. Russell Wilson sure. is not body okay, of work. Fine. But Russell Wilson but okay, is this year. But we've gotten. But the point is, we've already gotten to five, and that doesn't include Dak, who should be in the top five mix. Right. There's Lamar Jackson. Oh, by the way. And then there's yeah. Kyler Murray. I think those are the people. I think. I think Murray, Lamar. Herbert are jockeying or right or right behind Dak to try to get into that top five for me. I think Josh Allen has has secured his place in the top five. The fifth we could debate. So I would say that's we my need, question. We need a 10. Justin Herbert. We need a Justin Herbert 10. is a top. Justin Herbert is a top. I'm going to go MySpace on you. Remember MySpace? Justin Herbert is a top eight quarterback safely. He is top eight. Safely top eight. Uh, I don't think I don't think okay. I can't put him above Rogers Brady Mahomes um, and I still take Allen if you want to call him number four yeah. right now. Okay, I'd probably go with Dak again Wilson. I feel I feel like I'm insulting Russell Wilson 
And then again, you we are, got Lamar Jackson, youngest MVP in history, and Kyler Murray might be this right. year's MVP. So, no wrong answer for me. Maybe that's a cop out, but no wrong answer. See, I, I'm not even sure if you really if you break it down. You say no particular order. I think you should order it just so you can see how, like that top five. There's so much praise, and calling somebody a top five quarterback, you're really yeah, you're it really rolling out the red carpet for them. It's not a throw. Yeah. It's, it's it's what an honor. What an honor to be a top. No, five but you know you notice we do that though, right? We but we but we do that a lot. Like yeah. not we, but a lot of people do it. Like oh, he's a top five quarterback. When's the last time you did five? Because there ain't that much room in the top five. Like it's kind of like a couple of guys got two or three of those spots on lock. You know. When you say right now, can we go to the top for a second? When you say right now that Brady is one, are you saying Brady is one because he threw five touchdown passes yesterday and Patrick Mahomes had a high turnover game? Or do you really think no. that right now in 2021, Tom Brady is I a said better what I quarterback said. than Patrick Mahomes? I said, I I know, said what I said. Okay, I, didn't I know what stutter. you said. Brady, not only is Brady the best quarterback in the league. Don't be that guy. Tell me why. No, I said what I said. I always tell you why. I don't, I don't, I don't just say, I always explain it. I said what I said. Brady is at 44. Not only is he the best quarterback in the league, still, I would venture to say, and I'll defer to your wisdom here, I venture to say he's better than ever. A little bit of history. Yesterday, First game in his career, hard to believe, with both 400 yards and five touchdown passes. This is not me being a prisoner of the moment. Since game one of this year, I, I told you coming into the season, he would have a season much like Peyton Manning in his second season in Denver. That's when Peyton Manning obliterated the record book was his second that. season in Denver. So here we are. 55, right? And 55. he's leading the league in passing yards. He's leading the league in passing yeah. yards. Leading the league in attempts and completions. What about his game is not as good, if not better, than it has ever been? It sounds crazy to think that at 44, but show me the lie. He's better than he's ever been, and yes, he is the best quarterback in the NFL. Not I just the Tony best of Dungy all time, that. he's still the best quarterback. Right now, I take him over Patrick Mahomes right now. I asked Tony Dungy that very question. Dungy Which said part? mobility. What, 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 what about Brady now is maybe less than it was in whatever you consider vintage Brady and vintage Brady could have been four years ago when he was MVP of the league at right. age 40. Uh, I don't want to misquote a brother from another's Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy, but I believe he said mobility and some arm strength. I think he said maybe maybe well, but I, to I, which I, I would, to I, which I, I would do this again with all due respect to coach. I mean, he was, he was never a dual threat quarterback to begin with and whatever he's lacking in arm strength hasn't shown up yet. What, what, he, what he lacks in arm strength, oh. he's made up for in intellect, decision-making, savvy. We know he's smarter than he ever was. We know that. He always did. I mean, he had, he's had the answer to the test quite a few times. Over. He's had, he's right. had that for years. So I think, I think he's better thing. than ever. And I don't think that's a stretch. Here's a good thing about Tom Brady. Here's a good thing about him for his resume. When you say that, it's hard to say that on a show on, on a Monday at, at 440 because there's so much Eastern time. There's so much to consider before you can just say that. He's got so much, so much in the canon that you like, you gotta, 
You got to look at his unanimous MVP season in 2010, I believe it was. You have to look at his MVP season from 2017. You got a lot to well, look at. But the reason I the reason I can say it seven is the reason is, and he's had some great weapons: Moss, Welker, Gronkowski, Hernandez. Go down the list. The fastest player to 900 catches in NFL history, a Hall of Famer, is his third receiver, or his third receiver is Chris yeah. Godwin. Rob Gronkowski was hurt. He's easily got the best supporting cast that he's ever had in terms of depth. In terms of the amount of weapons that he has. So not only is it sure where I, he I, has his game, I won't disagree. but it's what he is what he's got at his disposal as well. That's why it's easy for me. He's best. He's better than he's ever been. I said what I said. Ain't that what the kids say? I don't know what the kids say. I, I'm always trying to keep up. I'm a step behind on that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. To be honest, I didn't think my father instincts kicked in because my daughter is a risk taker. She got a bike. She's not. We're from Philadelphia, so we don't have alligators. So she try to hit the tail with the, you know, with the with the, with the bike with the alligator and all that. So. I just jumped into action and I said, you know what? I'm not going to be Ben Simmons. I'm going to go capture this basket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, the latest is that Rich Paul and Clutch Sports are talking to the Sixers about Ben Simmons reporting as soon as this week. Multiple mm. sources are reporting that. Uh, Keep in mind that those fines are no joke. Uh, he is being fined uh, $360,000 plus per missed game. Um, fines escalating from a $7,500 fine for each missed practice. And of course, the Sixers, I think last time I talked to you, Michael, about it, they had withheld an eight and a quarter million dollar check from him. And as right. I process this, and I got a couple of things, but I'll just say one and then pass to you. We should have seen this coming. I'll keep it quick. I'll make it simple. We should have seen this coming. Why? Because we know Ben ain't about that life. Because we know that Ben ain't about that life. This is consistent. This is consistent. That when it comes down to it, he can't be counting on to go all the way with it. When it when it's in the clutch, no pun intended. This when, it gets, when it gets when it gets hot and heavy. No, I'm not just saying it I'm, it's not personal. I don't know the brother. I don't know the brother. I got nothing. Yeah, I, look, but, it's nothing yeah, personal. I mean, it's now you're taking his on don't, court. Don't take away. Now you're taking what he don't does take away from my larger point and extending. No, you know, you, yeah. you, you're distracted. You, no, no, you, you don't do that. No, that's not. That's no. not. That's I'm not what's happening. You. I'm just listening. That's to not what you said. What you said. I'm hearing you. I said what I said. And if there's somebody on here that's going to talk about stuff being personal, it ain't me. Let's just go with that. All right, Cam Newton. Cool. Now, having said that, all right, 
It is not personal. I'm saying that Ben Simmons, we should not have believed that he would be dug in on his position. Because to me, if you're if you want out and you're and you're going to see this through, which is what everybody said, there's no way you ever returning to Philadelphia, then there's no way you're returning to Philadelphia. I'm saying I'm not surprised that he's folding. Granted, it ain't my money. And we all knew that it would start to hurt when it hit his pockets. But you knew those fines were coming. Did you not? Did you think that the Sixers were just were not were going to pay you to not show up? So you knew this day was going to come when you were going to get fined, when paychecks was going to be withheld. And yet now you're going to reverse course and show up. I doubt he shows out. What I'm saying is that he couldn't see it through. And that's and he's right, being and look. he's consistent. That's not personal. That's facts. Look, I, I, I love a lot of poets. You know that the great Terrence Hayes, Rita Dove from African, Ohio and the poet Lizzo. Truth hurts. So regarding just very briefly, very, very briefly, very briefly regarding Cam Newton, it would be personal <laughs> if if I said if I said Cam Newton can't play quarterback in the NFL anymore and he could and he were on a team right now. But I don't know if you've noticed we're already past week five tonight will be past week five and he's not on a team. So one personal just facts. Sometimes people don't want to hear it though. I get it. Now with Ben Simmons, let me just say this about Ben Simmons. Philadelphia, y'all, I, I wouldn't expect anything less. I think there's some cities on the East Coast that are all part of a big family reunion. So they're all related. New York, Philly, Boston. I'll throw DC in there too. I'll throw in DC. All related. Northeast Corridor. And got a little edge. There's a little edge there in the Northeast. And we say stuff. And we just kind of slice people. And it's fun. It's very entertaining. And if you can't take it, you probably can't live in the Northeast. I'm just letting you know that right now. So get those jokes off. Get those Ben Simmons jokes off. The dumpster fire. The dumpster in the water. Leaving town. My man with the alligator. I'm going to get this alligator in the basket because I ain't going to pull a Ben Simmons. Get those jokes off. But just do me a favor. Do me a favor. When you don't have Ben Simmons in 2021-22, when you don't have Ben Simmons, when you trade, when you eventually trade him and you applaud the trade, we're better now. I'm glad he's gone. Don't blame him. Keep his name out your mouth when your season doesn't wind up the way you expect it to wind up. Keep his name out your mouth when your point guard play ain't what you expect him not shooting. Keep his name out your mouth when you can't guard Trey Young. Okay. All right. With him Don't blame him in the playoffs. Don't bring his we name. Said that about Urban Meyer earlier. Talk, I, they talk about him now. Round exit talk about him now. Talk about him now. Man, if you get there, you know, no, no wonder. If you so get no there, no wonder you thought. No wonder you thought it was personal because it's been personal for you defending Ben Simmons. You've been defending oh, yeah. Ben, ben oh, yeah. Simmons and oh, shooting yeah, him from accountability this see, entire time. See, That's why you're right. Truth does hurt. Here's the thing. So when I come at your spirit animal, Ben Simmons, here's, when I come at your boy, Ben Simmons. Right. You got upset. That's my boy. All I said was that's my boy. All I said yeah, was that yeah. I should not be surprised that when it got hard, he folded. I shouldn't be surprised. Did he because fold? My thing is if, you, if you're not going to play there, did he make a smart decision? Guns. Did he make well, a smart decision? Yeah. Did he say, oh, stick to my guns. No, no, no. No, see, that's somebody. Hey, somebody made that who ain't making 
No, no, no. Stop that. But Michael, look, his no, I'm not gonna stop. His this stupid is, what, decision. What's the surprise here? What's the surprise here, Michael? His what's the surprise? His the surprise is that it took that long. His stupid decision was to sit out and, and and look all that money, let all that money go away. Now, if we're talking about just a few dollars, a couple of dimes, you rubbing together, yeah, I can sit out. I can sit out. Same thing's coming with Kyrie. Watch. Same thing's coming. Once you start missing well, I want to get to money, wrap up the show. Yeah. Once you start missing money, say, well, wait a minute. Why am I giving Philadelphia all this? I'm mad at Philly. I'm giving right. him my money. How am I winning? So this but is Michael, smart on his but part. Michael, Come back. That was always show your that was always the math. But Michael, that was always the calculus. That's the frustrating part. It's like for once, he was like, oh, wait, Ben Simmons actually, you know, does have heart. He about to sit up here on principle and oh, forego all this heart. money because he's so hell bent on not showing up to Philly. But 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 now you've given away the money, you've done all this damage, and now you're gonna come back. You're proving Philadelphia right that you never had the leverage to begin with. The only leverage he had was withholding his services. Now he's returning. But here's the thing about Philly fans. I want to make this quick point. Maybe we can get into Kyrie before we leave. Unless you got something else on this. By the way, shout out Philly. That's a nice shirt. Here's the real thing. Here's the quick thing about about Philly fans. Here's a quick thing about Philly fans. It's not about the fans. What it's going to be about if he does show up and doesn't claim an injury so so he can can be there and not get fined but not play and just be hurt. If he does show up, right, it's really about if Doc and Embiid and the rest of the organization seems to, if they look at it the same way you just said, which is regardless of what happened, we're better with him. And yeah. if they do, Michael, if they are willing to let bygones be bygones, he can't, maybe no, call no, me naive. No chance. no chance what? It's over. No chance he plays. Well, but no if he, chance. If, so he's going to no show chance. up and just Zero. think like he's hurt? He's gonna yeah. like he's hurt. No, no, he's gonna show up. He's okay. gonna show up. He's gonna play, and he's gonna wait for the ca- the cavalry will be coming directly. He's waiting wait, for his said... route out of town. He's, ra- he's wait. Wait. He said he's no way he play plays there. there. No way. He, like, he's okay, not gonna play in a game. Well, okay. Let, let me just be so, clear. Okay. In a regular season, in a regular season, there's no way Ben Simmons will be a member of the Philadelphia 76ers when the 2021-22 regular season starts. And no what are you basing way, that on? No how. What are you basing that on? Somebody gonna make a trade that the Sixers want to make that they haven't already offered them? It's it's done. It's done. It's scorched earth. It's done. He's like, it Clearly was bad not. enough. It was. He's it's his financial, Mike. This ain't this ain't about no change right. of heart. See, this is the thing. This is what I'm not saying it's a change of heart. Unless I know you're not. he's going to you're fake not. an injury. Unless it's a is he going to fake an injury? Unless he's going to take an injury, what's the alternative for him? And that's why it was. That's why this was misplayed from the beginning. If he was not dug in about missing checks and staying home, if he gonna show up, unless you gonna show your ass, what else is he gonna do other than play? And if you're the Sixers, what are they gonna do other than play him? See, there's been a Mike. There's been a lot of fair. There's been a lot of fair criticism. There has been, and I'll make this quick. There's been some fair criticism about Ben Simmons. Like, sure, it's fair to criticize him for not improving his free throws and improving his jump shot and taking some threes, all that stuff. All the stuff that people have said, it's fair. But the way he's handled this 
it's not fair to say, well, what's the point? The point is, he's a human being, and he got emotional, like a lot of people do. It's the same reason you send an emotional text or an emotional email, or you make a declaration that you're really not, you haven't thought through, but people do it all the time. You get mad, you spout off, you call people out of their name, you do all kinds of stuff, and then you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, what am I doing? What am I doing? Come to your senses. I'm a father. You calm down, I'm, come to your senses. I'm a husband. I got stuff to do. I got responsibilities. It don't make a lick of sense for me to just give away a million dollars to a team that I hate. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go there. I ain't feeling Embiid. I'm not feeling Doc. I'm not feeling Daryl Morey. I'm going to go there. I'm going to handle my business temporarily. And then Rich Paul and Club Sports are going to find a deal to get me out of town. Unless you know something I don't know or anybody else, there's no trade to be made right now. No, no, there's no trade to be made right now. If there was a trade, it would have been done already. Nobody's going to make a trade offer because he shows up. But here's the point I was trying to make a second ago. This is where call me naive. But if Doc and Embiid can find it in their heart to forgive him and welcome him back, as they've been suggesting that they would, Philly fans root for the laundry. And they'll give him the business at the beginning. But if somehow, some way he balls and they're winning, they're not going to undermine their team's chances by booing Ben Simmons incessantly because he's still wearing their jersey. They will follow the lead right. of Doc and Embiid if they say, hey, it's over. We're moving on. I believe Philly fans are sophisticated enough and mature enough they are. to say he's one of ours until he isn't. Let's support him. He's played his last That's game how I think this goes. He's played his last game as a Philadelphia Great. 76er. He's played his last game. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, before we go, Kyrie Irving. We don't have time to play it for you, but Steve Nash said they basically come to grips with the fact that he is not playing home games. Can this work? Can this arrangement work where Kyrie Irving yes. is the best part-time player <laughs> in the NBA? Yeah. It can work. It can Why? work. The only way it works. We got two minutes. The only way it will work. And I don't need two minutes. All I need is 30 seconds. How does Kevin Durant feel about it? How does That's James it. Harden? How do the leaders of the team? That's if it. The leaders of the team are okay with it. It works. If they're not, it's a disaster. I'm take, Simple as let me, that. Let me if, change leaders. If they're okay. It works. Let me change leaders. Let me change leaders to coaches. Because remember when they first got together with Steve Nash first got hired and Kyrie went on KD's podcast. It was like, oh, we're all head coaches. He wasn't lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't lying. He left out some. We're yep. all head coaches and we're all general managers. This ain't your garden variety organization. The players run this here shop. And if the boss Kevin yep. Durant is okay with hooking up with Kyrie, if he wants to have a long distance relationship, then honestly, not only might it work, then it works. They prepared for it last year because they had so much training playing apart from each other. They played the whole season with one of them or two of them or occasionally all three of them. They improved in the offseason, okay, um, with some of the offseason pickups they had, and Kyrie Irving will allow them to keep both Harden and perhaps Durant fresh in road games. It may bite them in the ass come playoff time. Come play all oh, time, oh, but in the they, regular season, especially, I think they're going to actually, especially, they're going to try to make it work. Is on they, the road. What they should do, 
what they should do is finish like third right, or fourth home. in the conference. So yeah. game seven yeah. won't be at the crib. Won't be at. Could you imagine listen, game seven? It's gonna be for fascinating strategy. Yeah. In Brooklyn, it's gonna be but fascinating I think this, strategy. But I told you you couldn't, you couldn't change his mind. What nobody gonna peer pressure this dude? What nobody gonna yeah. get this dude to fold? Can I tell you quickly? I knew, I knew, I, I knew this was coming. Can I tell you quickly why it's gonna work? Because I believe, I believe that we're gonna get, we're gonna be beyond where we are now, where we are right now, COVID and mandates, and it's not gonna be a story in February or March like it is in October. Maybe that's it's another reason. That's a, that's a great point. Yep. Speaking of personal. You know it's personal with you in the Nets. You probably rooting for it not to work. Ha! Huh. All right, that's none of your business. Stay out my Teets and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.